Hey guys, this is Paul Hutchinson, executive producer of the Sound of Freedom movie, also a successful entrepreneur with over 20 successful companies, one of them over 48 billion in assets under management. Please come and spend some time with us with the real Jason Duncan on the Root of All Success show podcast. We're going to talk about the keys to success, building successful companies, and what it took to be able to create a global movement with the Sound of Freedom movie. Welcome to the Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of the root of all success, the real Jason Duncan. The real Jason Duncan. Hey there, welcome back to another show. It's The Real Jason Duncan here, your host. And I have one of the executive producers of the Sound of Freedom movie as my guest on the show today. He is a very successful entrepreneur who has built a multi-billion dollar company, which allowed him to be an investor in the show, in the movie. And also he played a part in the movie. He was actually one of the people on the rescue mission. If you've seen the movie, he was one of the uh, the very wealthy individuals that they, the U.S. government went to to ask for help to set up the rescue mission. So this guy's name is Paul Hutchinson, and I'm honored to have been connected to him. He has seen through his work with child trafficking the darkest depravity of humans. Um, he's been, over the period of 10 years, he's helped lead over 70 undercover missions to help rescue children who are involved in sex trafficking. And when he saw the underbelly of what's going on, that's what motivated him, motivated him to use all available resources. And his, he's a multi-multi-millionaire to put towards helping change generations of people through liberating human, humans that are being trafficked. trafficked. Um, he has been, he's done a lot of things. And I, we didn't talk about most of the things that are in his bio. But I think the thing that you want to know about Paul is that he has a genuine heart. He's genuinely interested in seeing how his success has turned into making an impact beyond that of just having money in his life. It was been it was an honor to having him on the show and talk to him. And uh, I'll tell you more about this. You'll figure out more as we go through. But this guy is amazing. Please help me welcome Paul Hutchinson to the show. Hey, Paul. Welcome Jason, to the show, my man. <laughs> thank I'm you. Good. Thank you. I'm good. So you're. You're sitting on the side of a road somewhere outside Jackson Hole in a motor coach that tire right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, thank, thank you for your perseverance and making it work no matter what. Well, I, I figured I had good cell phone signal. I'm like, this is good. Oh, this is it's actually beautiful. I mean, we were going to do the podcast outside, but the, there was too much sunlight and it was going to wave out my face. But it is. I mean, there was a huge herds of elk out there last night. I'm like, you know what? I'm. Uh, we picked the perfect place to have a flat tire. I'm good. So we got somebody coming this morning to fix it. I'm like, all right, no, I'll just talk with Jason right here. Uh, well, I'm glad to meet you. I'm glad we got connected. I don't remember how we did get connected, but I want to kind of start it off with this, uh, the movie, The Sound of Freedom. I want to kind of start there. 
But then I want to backtrack a little bit into how you were able to be a part of this financially because of your entrepreneurial success. And then we'll move back into the movie. So the movie, The Sound of Freedom, came out July 4th here in the United States. Uh, my wife and I went to watch it and uh, it was different than I expected only because of what I had heard, but was really, really good. I, I don't know what I expected. Uh, but but it was really really good, and you you're you're a character in the movie. I mean, part part of your part in that that uh, and what happened in the movie. You're played by someone else in that movie. Uh, let's start there because I think everybody listening to this in the middle of September has either probably seen it or has heard about it. Maybe you still haven't seen it, but go see the movie The Sound of Freedom. Tell us a little bit about your involvement in the movie, and then we'll backtrack into how you got involved in the movement. And then we're going to go back to how you became to be a part of it to begin with, because you had the financial resources to be able to do it. Perfect. Thank you, Jason. Well, um, if you've seen the film, um, my, my character is known as Pablo in the film. About halfway through, the Homeland Security agent's like, you know what, I need to figure out how to, how to have the financial wherewithal to leave the, my government position and finance this. And, and uh, uh, so there's, in, in reality, we took about eight different rescue missions and about a hundred different characters in real life and put them all together into a handful of characters. There was, there was a number of people that helped to finance some of those early rescue missions, guys like, like Glenn Beck and others who were just amazing in stepping forward. But, you know, I, uh, uh, I helped to pay for some of those rescue missions, but most importantly in my personal life was I was asked to come and play a role. And, um, and so in that movie, uh, Pablo was asked to come and play the role of the the wealthy playboy businessman who was interested in financing the child brothel sex resort for the traffickers. This happened in real life. And uh, in in hopes that those traffickers would call other traffickers that were in the area and have them bring all the children to the same place at the same time so that we could rescue them all in, in one shot. And um, that really happened. That was 10 years ago this fall. And I got the phone call from the attorney general here in Utah who said, Paul, I, I know you're very involved with child-related charities. And um, I need to talk to you about something that's pretty dark. I need to introduce you to a Homeland Security agent who has identified some children in Colombia, uh, needs a bunch of money to be able to pull them out and get them back to their families. And so that was the phone call that changed everything for me. In the movie, I was uh, the primary investor. I was the first investor in the film. And um, we took it to a lot of different places, to Sony, Lionsgate, and Paramount, and realized if we're going to really tell the story, we needed to maintain full control of the story. And uh, so it was privately funded. And then even on the distribution side, we can go into more depth on this if we want to. We hit a lot of roadblocks when it came to traditional distribution. Big Hollywood, big media doesn't want things to be outside of their narrative. And so we ended up bringing this to the people by the people with uh, with uh, the grassroots movement, kind of the crowdfunding type of model with Angel Studios, with millions of good men and women saying, you know what, I need to see really what's going on. I need to identify ways to keep my children safe. I need to to hold on to to these conservative values. And, and this is what this is all about. So, you know, that's the high level overview, high level as well. And my background, I'm the co-founder of 
of what is now over a $48 billion real estate investment fund. I'm somewhat of a serial entrepreneur, multiple successful exits, and uh, which put me in a position where I was able to fund the movie. Um, you may not have heard of me up until about three months ago. I had zero social media. I had pulled down my Instagram, Facebook, everything else, because I've led over 70 undercover rescue missions in 15 countries over the last 10 years. So I pulled down everything related to the real me online and put full everything into focusing on eradicating child trafficking. I retired completely from the company that I founded just to focus on that philanthropic agenda. Yeah. I, so, so thank you for what you're doing to make the world a better and safer place for children all over the world. And I, I, uh, I want to kind of the angle I would like to have this conversation around is for those of us that are entrepreneurs and business owners, you know, we aspire to create opportunities to provide our families and ourselves with a better lifestyle, which is certainly acceptable, understandable. Everybody's there. But but I think one of the things we miss is that if we can actually attain to generational wealth, if we can attain to something greater than just making a few hundred thousand or even a million dollars a year in personal income. If we get attained to generational wealth, then we can now make an impact on generations of people. And that's what you've done. So you, you sold a company at 29 for $20 million. And then, as you said, you're the founder of bridge investment group, which is, which is on the stock market at BRDG $48.8 billion in assets under management. If you hadn't have been able to produce that type of wealth, if you'd have said, no, who needs a million dollars? Who needs a $20 million company? Who needs, if you'd have just played that down, then some of those kids would still be sex slaves in other countries. That's what, that's the story that I, I don't, I'm sure you've thought about that. But as I hear you tell your story, that's what I want to encourage these listeners that are listening right now. Go make a bazillion dollars and use it to make the world a better place. Absolutely. That I tell people all the time, the, the good Samaritan wasn't broke, right? You know, if, if, if you were to uh, think of it in our, our dollars today, you find somebody on the side of the road, you decide that you're going to pay for all of their hospital bills. You're going to pay for their hotel for the next few weeks as they're recovering. You know, that's, that's, you're, you're not broke if you're in that kind of a position. And so as you're looking out into the world and my, my goal, when I was in my my teenage years, I had a had a poster on my wall and it had a bunch of Lamborghinis and Ferraris and some beautiful cars. And then I had a quote that said, he who has a he who has the most toys wins. And that was kind of my mindset. Right now, I have a quote today that says he who has a powerful, positive impact in the most lives wins. And that's really what it's about. And I, I tell people, it's okay. It's okay to work hard to have a nice lifestyle. I mean, the motor coach I'm in right now, a big motorhome's 40 feet. A really big one's 45. Mine is 54 feet long and it's bulletproof, right? Literally, my windows, my front, everything else, something like this, well over a million dollars for something like this. This is how I took my family to, to Yellowstone the last few days. It's, it's beautiful, it's comfortable, it's safe, but I'm okay with having a nice house. I'm okay with having a ranch. I'm okay with having a helicopter. I'm okay with having nice cars and a coach. Why? because I make a powerful, positive impact in the lives of millions of people. The, the investment that I made in the movie could not have happened if I didn't have disposable income that could say, you know what, I don't care. I don't care if this makes me money or not. 
I need to create a movement. I need people to see what I saw. I need it to touch their hearts. I need to make a massive impact in the world. So I use things when I'm mentoring young entrepreneur, uh, young entrepreneurs, I, I use things, you know, their vision board, their, their travel, whatever. I use things to motivate people to do the right thing long enough for them to realize the right reason to be doing it. And the right reason to be doing it isn't just things, it's making a difference. But you're not going to motivate yourself to get out of bed at whatever time you have to, to get back on the phone and handle all those no's or the rejections. You're not going to motivate yourself to do that if it's just to be a Mother Teresa. It's okay to have goals, to have a really nice lifestyle so that you can make a powerful impact. So people that look at me and they, oh, Paul's driving a million dollar motorhome. You know what? How much did you donate to charity last year? What kind of a difference did you make on this planet? How many hearts did you change and, and teach them things that they can do to keep their kids safe, right? Don't be talking to me about my lifestyle when you're sitting on your butt watching TV every night, right? So absolutely, I things are okay to motivate yourself to get there. Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible. Hey, I want to talk with you about one of my favorite tools as a salesperson and as an entrepreneur, and that tool is Dub. I want you to imagine for a minute getting an email from somebody, and instead of just being the plain old crappy text in an email, rather than just having a bunch of HTML where it's pictures and stuff, what if? It was a video and the video had a little gif and it was playing right there in the email as soon as you opened it and it had your name like it said hello jason check this out and then you clicked play and it played right there in your inbox in the window and it was somebody trying to tell you how great you are or how awesome they can help you how good they can help you out that is the power of video emails I want you to try Dub out. I've been using it for years. I have closed countless millions of dollars in sales over the last six years or so using Dub, and you can do it too. All you got to do is go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. That's D-U-B-B, therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. Dub will help you make an impact in your sales through video. It's going to help you with, they've even got a CRM built into it. You can build landing pages. You can do campaigns, even SMS campaigns. You can set up automations to manage workflows and maximize conversions. And like I said, they've got an existing software platform inside Dub to take your CRM to the next level. Try this out, get a free special just by being a listener to the podcast. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash dub, get two weeks to try it for free and 50% off your first two months. That's therealjasonduncan.com slash dub. 40 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had your business in the yellow pages. You remember those things? <laughs> And 30 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a door-to-door -door salesman. 20 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a website. And today, you're not in business unless you're doing social media content. Am I right? Social media content. Social media content in the form of like micro content, which is 30 to 60 second spots on Instagram Reels or TikTok or YouTube Shorts. That's the way business is done. As a matter of fact, that may be how you found out about this podcast or me as a business coach. This medium that we're using today to communicate what we do is vitally important. And just recording yourself isn't enough. You've got to do it right. And my friends over at Story 
do it right. And one of the problems with doing it wrong is that you sit around thinking, well, what the heck am I going to record? What am I going to say? How am I going to say it? Like, I don't know what to talk about. Well, story takes all of that away from you. Stop wasting time trying to come up with content because story will send you a video prompt on what to record. You can pick the categories you want to record in, whether it's real estate, entrepreneurship, finance, relationship, leadership, life insurance. It could be anything. Don't waste time on that. And by the way, if you're not confident in talking on video or if the video editing portion takes up way too much of your time, Story will edit the videos to perform well on social media. They add the subtitles, the pop-ups, the zoom cuts. They remove all the filler words like uh and um and uh. They remove the awkward pauses. And then they take that video and post it for you. They write the captions, they add the relevant hashtags, and they post it on the platforms that you care about the most. It's exactly what you need to be in business today and to be successful at it. So if you want to learn how to do social media the way the influencers do, you need to go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. And that story with two Y's. Why? Because they're awesome. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story, that's S-T-O-R-Y-Y, for 10% off your first three months to try story out. You're going to thank me later. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show. I, well, Paul, 100%, dude. And I, and I didn't, I had a hard, I had a bad money story growing up. Um, it wasn't a story that was was programmed into me on purpose. I don't think, I don't, my parents, no, my church leaders, nobody ever sat me down and said, listen, rich people are jerks. Rich people probably cheated people. Rich people, nobody ever said it. But that was what I got. That was the sense. So if I saw somebody driving a nice brand new Jaguar or brand new Porsche or Lamborghini or Ferrari, I would assume they probably cheated people. They probably did bad things. And, and that was my money story for most of my life. And then as I came into money myself, certainly not as successful you as many zeros as you've done. Congratulations on your success. But as I came into that, I was like, wait a minute, I'm not that, I'm not like that. What, 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 what makes me think other people are going to be like that now? Here's what I love what, about what you just said is that these people who say rich people, they need to pay more taxes. They, they shouldn't make this much money. They should go give their money away. You are giving your money away and you are paying more than your fair share of taxes, in my opinion, probably. But, but what we're seeing is in this film is, a, is an example of if we can get multimillionaires who have earned it through entrepreneurship to look at their money as a generational wealth tool to not just change their their kids and grandkids, but to change generations of people. That's, I applaud you, sir. I, I'm so happy to know you and to know that people like you exist that can go become gazillionaires and then take that money and make this world a better place. I, I, I think people need to hear that. You need to go make money so that you can make the world a better place, not just to get a Lamborghini. Yep. Bingo, bingo. And so, I think you touched awesome. on a couple of things, Jason, I think is important. The mindset of money, you know, if you're, if you came from a, a childhood where there's anything inside of you that thinks that money is bad or money's going to make you bad, then you're going to sabotage your own success. Another thing too, that I think is important is understanding that we truly live in a world of abundance. If, if you're a good person and you care about people, and there's anything inside of you that believes that we live in a zero sum world, meaning 
In order for you to make a million dollars, somebody else has to take a million out of their pocket and give it to you. Or in order for you to make a billion dollars, you have to take a billion dollars from other people and their lifestyle is going to decrease. If you think that's the case, you're going to sabotage your own success. You need to understand that you can create businesses that are truly win, 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 where your customers are better off in their life because of what you pre created for them and what they purchased from you. And so, so, and, and it's also important to understand that, that a lot of theories on economics, you open up an economics book and it's the division of scarce resources, which is a fallacy. There's enough resources in this world where every one of us could have all the food we could ever eat, all the houses we could ever live in. The problem is, is that people believe that we live in a, in a world of scarcity. And, and it, it's kind of like if you go back a, a couple, a thousand years and you talk to an astrologer and you say, Hey, what's the definition of astrology? And, and many of them would say, well, we study how the, how the sun and the planets and the, the stars revolve around the earth. And the very definition of what they did precluded them from understanding the truth that the earth wasn't in the center of the universe. Today, the very definition of economics precludes people from understanding the truth that we don't live in a world of scarcity. We live in a world of abundance and get your head around that and create abundance for yourself, your family, and for the world. And, and the entire world will have a, a better lifestyle in the future because you were here. That's why all of us as entrepreneurs, I think are in the, in the unique position of being able to affect more change than any other persons on earth. Now, I, I used to be a pastor. I used to be a school teacher. I am a parent. And while I think that those three things are very influential pieces of our society, pastors influence people for the better, teachers influence people for the better, and of course, parents do as well. I think entrepreneurs trump all that because entrepreneurs literally change the world that we're in. The shoes that we wear that make us go exercise, the bikes that we ride to make us exercise, the, the, the computers that we're on right now to be able to do this. We are creating a universe where the world is better. And if we have the proper perspective, as you, Paul, have, is we can then take the benefits of the value that we've created, i.e. money. <laughs> we could take that benefit and we can turn that back in to benefit other people. So your first business that you sold at 29, what, what was that business? What did you what did you do? And this is what I love. You know, this is back to that subject of creating more value from the world than what you're taking. So um, there was a, a company called the Midwest Center for Stress and Anxiety. Lucinda Bassett had created this program that helped people overcome anxiety and depression disorders through this cognitive restructuring approach, this, this workbook and some audio programs. I created a marketing company that took it global. I had the worldwide marketing rights for Lucinda Bassett's program. We, we created a coaching program that helped people overcome it. We, we, we worked in depth with them on, their, on everything they were doing. We had over 50,000 people a month calling in off of that infomercial that were getting help with, with their, their negative habit patterns of thought of negative self-talk and worry and what if thinking, negative expectations, the, the perceptions we have of ourselves, our coping skills and dealing with stress. These were all things that could be changed. And when done so, it changes your outcome. You know, people, the, the drug companies are making billions and billions of dollars every year on Xanax and Zoloft and all this crap that is just masking the problem, but we help people get down to the roots of it. And so, so I could go to bed every single night knowing that I make a made a positive impact in the lives of others. Our, our coaching program was like $1,200. 
some of these people couldn't even work a job, but I felt good about it because we had a 100% success. We had 100% guaranteed about a 97% success rate of people overcoming those anxiety and depression to the point where they could work a job again. It wasn't debilitating. And so I could feel comfortable that the value that they received was multiples what they just paid to, to get that help that they needed. That's the company so that I sold a... when I was 29. So you had actually, you had a coaching company is what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a big call center. We, we had a coaching, coaching program that helped people overcome those challenges. Wow. So that's uh, that's uh, fantastic news for those of us who are coaches to know that you can build a $20 million valuation on a coaching company if done correctly. Now you went on later to start bridge investment group. When did that start? Well, I had, uh, it was about four or five years later. I had, you know, I was retired. My, my wife at the time, she wasn't excited about me telling her how to micromanage her home better. <laughs> She's like, can you go do something? So I, I started re investing in real estate and I, I realized if I didn't hire guys smarter than me, I was going to lose all my money in real estate. So I, I uh, brought on a partner, uh, John Pennington, brilliant man. In fact, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, I think this is important. People ask John, they say, how did you guys get to multi-billion? Did, did you see that in the beginning? He said, you know, I didn't, but let me tell you a story about Paul. He said, we were in this little office. It was so small. We would, when we turned around, we would bump elbows, right? And was, we're paying $300 a month for this office. And it came with free internet and a printer and everything else. And, and we would have a, a deal. We had a company called Bridge Loan Capital doing short-term asset-based lending, bridge loans, right? And uh, I had put some of my own money in his, but we were calling, making trying to get investors in. And we needed like $25,000 by Friday, right? I'm on the phone, just calling, 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 trying to get that extra $25,000 by Friday for this investment we were doing. And, and I'd hang up a call and John tells the story a lot. And he said, Paul would turn around, he'd put his pinky by the side of his mouth like this. And he would say, John, we're going to be a billion dollar fund someday. And John says, Paul, we need $25,000 by Friday, right? And so it was that vision of where we could be. And then we would end the day and John would say, Paul, Paul, you know that neither one of us have the education or the pedigree to manage or run a multi-billion dollar fund. And I said, yes, John, but if we build it right from the beginning, if we build it with integrity day one, we get all of the, the stuff we need to with the SEC, whatever it is that we need to do so that those big investors, when they see what we've created would come in, we will attract the right partners. And that's exactly what happened. We ended up attracting a power team. I mean, we're talking guys that was the, uh, our, our chairman ended up, he was the, the former chairman of, of Citigroup's investment bank, right? Our, our CEO for a while was the, was, he had raised $14 billion to bail out the Asian debt crisis in the late 90s and, and was the head of Citi's uh, wow. um, financial institutions research division. I mean, these guys were, their, their resumes were the most impressive piece of paper I'd ever seen. But we attracted that caliber of people because John and I did it in the beginning with integrity. We built it right with the expectation that we were going to get big someday. So $48.8 billion in assets under management. So is it is it still focused on bridge loans or, or is oh, it no. expanded we, beyond we, that? We, Don, the guy who I, it was actually interesting. I, I had this vision of where we were going, but... I didn't know how to get there. You know, we had the audited financials, but we didn't know how to get in. We knew that we, we could, we could go to, to Morgan Stanley and have them write a, uh, $300 million check, but I didn't know how to get in front of them. And so, um, 
my, my son's soccer coach introduced me to, he says, Paul, you need to meet this guy. He's, he's from, he, he ran city group in Asia and all this stuff. He's in Utah. He's overqualified for everything here. And Joe, John, uh, Don, uh, jokes. He says, yeah, he says, Paul found me walking around Utah with an unemployed sign. I'll work for equity. Right. So, I mean, this guy was powerhouse and I, we bring him in and we were doing these bridge loans and we had about a hundred million dollars in, in, uh, at the time. And he said, uh, he came into my office about two months later, he closed the door and he said, Paul, we're in trouble. I'm like, we are the company. He goes, no, we, the country, he said, we're looking at a multi trillion dollar problem. And if you don't change, you're going to be upside down with everybody in your space. Now this was late 2006. This was a year and a half before the 2008 crisis that just tanked wow. everybody. And he had this, you know, this, this crystal ball that could predict all this stuff. In fact, the reason why we listened to it, he had all these third order polynomial equations that was way over my head. And the reason we listened is that, that, uh, in the late nineties, he was working for city in Asia, the largest corporation on earth at the time from a capitalization standpoint. And he predicted the Asian crisis nine months before it happened. He, he wrote these reports called Asian banks, symptoms of bad debt crisis. Four countries took away his visa because he wouldn't resend his statements. And nine months later, everything he said would happen did. The bot broke, bottom fell out, largest financial crisis in history. Ten years later, he's he's my employee, right? Coming on as our new partner and and tells me the entire world's going to fall apart. So we decided to listen. And and we 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 got in a really strong cash position. And then when the rest of the market was losing 30 and 50% in the 2008 crisis, we didn't lose any principal. And we paid out double digit returns to, to our investors. And so we, we, we held on to something that was just amazing. And then all of a sudden, the rest of the market wouldn't listen to anybody but us. So we raised hundreds of millions of dollars and billions of dollars on the success that we had because I had brought in the right team because we had built it right in the beginning and had that vision of where we could go. Well, it sounds to me like one of the keys to your success maybe not only in the beginning with your first company that you sold at 29, but also this one, one of the keys is knowing the right people, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. So what, if you had to narrow down all of your success into one key that unlocked the door for you to become successful, what would you say that one key is? I, I would actually say it's having really effective visualization. Okay. It's that whole thing, John, we're going to be a billion dollar fund someday. Right. Um, and this is the same thing when, when, uh, when we're finding the kids undercover work, I have a book that will be coming out later this year called, are you listening? And it's not, are you listening with my hand on my ear? It's, are you listening with my hand on my heart? And this isn't a, a religious conversation. This is an understanding that every single one of us have the ability to feel and recognize that, 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 thing that connects all of us, but that, that those directions, that intuition that will never come unless you have clarity as to where you want to go. Right. If you don't, if, if you don't have very clear, specific goals, you're going to get nowhere with amazing accuracy. They, they did a study years and years ago, 40, 50 years ago at Yale university, Paul, uh, or, uh, um, uh, Brian Tracy talks about this in the psychology of achievement. He says that, that, that they, they took the graduating class and identified those who had clear, specific written goals. And it was only 3% at the time. And 20 years later, that 3% was worth more in net assets than the entire other 97% put together. One of the most amazing longitudinal studies I've ever read. 
And, and the only difference was the fact that they had identified clearly where they wanted to go. Most people spend more time planning their next vacation than they do planning their life. If you simply take <laughs> some time and identify where you want to go and get clear about it and then learn to listen, because those promptings will come when you have clarity as to where you're going, you will bring the right people. You will be, call it, people call it the law of attraction. It's not the law of attraction. It's the law of creation. It's your actions, your words, and even your thoughts that are driving your future and will create either a life of abundance or a life of scarcity, a life of happiness, a life of sadness, whatever it is, it's your dominant thoughts will become your words, will become your actions. So that, that I believe is more of the key because that is what attracted the right people into my life. There, it was a one in a billion chance that I would have Don Hartman as my partner, one in a billion. He was one of the top five experts on the planet at an an analyzing banking cycles and credit crises right before the 2008 crisis, right? What's the chances of that? I can't, I can't say, oh, I'm gonna interview a billion people and find Don, no. I had to identify where I wanted to be, call it the universe, call it God, call it karma, call it whatever you want to. Something creates that in your life when you identify exactly where it is you wanna go. Paul, I uh, I like you even more now. Like I like that last little se section there. This is so powerful. This idea of visualization and law of attraction, the law of creation, the law of cause and effect. I mean, what we do, what we sow, we reap. You know, we can't reap what we don't sow. I, all of this plays into everything that 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 I am consuming right now, and I'm trying to deliver to the world. And I'm so glad that you are. You are giving a second to that. So thank you so much for that. I, even unbeknownst to, to my situation, thank you for, for helping me see that in <laughs> thank you, you and your Jason. success. So well, speaking I'm a, of success, how do, go you ahead. Define, how do you define that word success? How do you define it? Oh, that's where most people get messed up. Okay. <laughs> Realize this. Yeah. When, I, when I first got brought in to the child rescue work, um, the reason why... I was so effective and it was, and you'll see this when you watch the movie, you know, these traffickers were looking for somebody with a big checkbook and a big ego, right? The, the Jeffrey Epstein's of the world. Now, now I've never done anything illegal. I've never done anything, you know, attracted to children. That's bullshit. These guys will all go to prison, but the energy of these guys who do these horrible things was in line with that arrogance that came with me being, I wasn't Paul Hutchinson. I was Paul F. Hutchinson, right? I had built a multi-billion dollar company. I was on my second marriage, going on my third, right? And and my and I had parties at my house where I had every one of the NBA players from the area that were there and 150 half-dressed women and what it was crap is what it was, right? I was the envy of the average entrepreneur thinking, wow, look at Paul, he's got these nice cars and nice party. That is not success. I'm telling you right now, it is a disaster. It is lonely. It is sad and 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 you you don't know who really loves you for who for for you. You think that everybody's just after your money, which they are because you're living in that energy, right? And and my personal transformation came because of the fact that I was brought into that child rescue world and I saw the darkest depravity of human nature that came when you were commoditizing women, when you were going down this road and some of these guys end up, you know, getting addicted to pornography and then going down this darker road and then being attracted to kids and then putting on these parties. It was horrible. 
And I couldn't imagine how in the how in the world we got to that point. Humanity got to the point where that's the fastest growing criminal enterprise in the world. So I took a step back and I'm like, this is this is unhealthy. This is un because the that arrogance, ego, energy that Paul Hutchinson, Paul F. and Hutchinson had was was the same arrogant ego energy that was driving wars, that was driving massive contention, that was driving pornography, that was driving prostitution, all of this stuff that was breaking apart marriages. So I took a very deep look into myself and did some deep guided meditation journey experiences that changed how I felt about me. And in one of those scenarios, I, I could feel in every cell of my body, I could feel the pain that my children felt when I cheated on their mom, right? It was painful. It was dark. It was heavy. And that is not success. I'm telling you right now, not anywhere close to it. And so when I was able to see myself for what I was, I, I am... I am happier now than I've ever been. I'm in a super healthy relationship. We just got married two two months ago. I actually stole Superman's girlfriend. That's a whole different story, um, which we can go into. But you know, it's it's Did been you say a, two weeks ago. Did you say two, two weeks ago? Two two months ago. Two months ago. Yeah, we, we got married ago. in Acamo, Mexico. She's a Ala Vanessa. She's the executive director of the Child Liberation Foundation. She was a, a famous actress in Colombia for a while. And and the the little quick side story. So so uh, uh, Henry Cavill, the actor who plays Superman, right? He was at her work almost every day. They started a date. He wasn't huge dating, right? But they dated like two or three times, and then she met me. So that's my mic drop. Not not building a multi billion dollar company. <laughs> not rescuing the kids. There's my mic drop. Boom! I stole Superman's girlfriend. What? <laughs> oh, that's great. So but so but that's so what success is. You told us what success is not. So tell us. Give me the give me the. So success, success is, is living with integrity in all areas of your life. Success is is living in a way where you can be an open book about everything. You don't have to hide what you did last night or last month or last year. Success is having a true positive impact in the lives of every person that you meet, not the check, not just the checks that you write for your charity, but having a positive impact in the lives of your family, of your friends, of those people who are around you. That's what true success is. Now, a lot of that energy behind making that positive impact can come from having a, the ability to write the big check. And, and that's an important part of it. Having that complete freedom to be able to make any decisions and then choosing to make the right ones, the ones that are truly going to make a positive impact in your life, in others and in the entire world. That's success. Love it. So based, so based on that definition, do you consider yourself to be a successful person? I sure do. Yeah. Today, I, more I than it. ever, super grateful for the road that I'm on and uh, the roads that I fell off and the roads that I now found and super, super grateful. All right. So now let's pull it down to some advice. So you've been very successful, not only in entrepreneurial ventures, but also in making the world a better place, liberating humanity, liberating these kids, investing in a movie that will help liberate perhaps millions of more because of the impact that that movie is going to make. So if you had to talk to the entrepreneurs listening to this show right now and give them one piece of advice and say, this is the one thing you must do or think or believe, what is this one piece of advice that you would give to entrepreneurs to become successful? Do mirror work every day. 
Look in the mirror. Shave a millionaire. See that man for who he is, that woman for who she is. And, and, and if you don't like yourself, say it in the mirror. I like myself. I like myself. I love myself. I love myself. I'm, I am. I do. I achieve positive affirmations in the mirror and, and identifying exactly what it is that you want to do in this world. Understand that your future is completely unwritten and it has nothing to do with your past and not, nothing to do with the things that happened to you. Nothing to do with the things that you even did. All of that can be cleansed. All of that you can walk forward into this, this space of faith and in, in, in your future. And that starts with how you perceive yourself. You cannot love somebody else more than you love yourself. And you can't have a future of abundance if you see yourself as a failure. So change that perception of yourself. Do that mirror work. See yourself as a good husband, a good mother, a good father, a good wife, a, a successful entrepreneur. Visualize that, see that, and believe that. And you'll be amazed at how quickly your life turns around and those things start coming into your life to create a fruition of what you believe. Man, that is so good, Paul, man. This is, this has been uh, one of my favorite conversations of the day. So thank you so much. I've had a lot of, I've, I've talked to a lot of people today, probably a favorite conversation of the month. This has been a lot of fun talking to you and knowing a little bit about the background of the movie, about your background, how you got involved with it. And I love this angle about your success financially allowed you to become success in the ways that you feel like is most important. So I, I appreciate the honesty and the transparency and the vulnerability to let the audience know that, yeah, I had it all. I had the money and the, the girls and the parties and the things, but really what's making the most success out of my life is that being able to live in integrity in all areas of my life. So go follow Paul on Instagram at liberating.humanity, liberating.humanity. And you can also look at him online at his website, liberating-humanity.com, liberating hypenhumanity.com to go check him out. And he's all over social now. He said at the beginning he wasn't. He had kind of gotten rid of all that, but he's got a lot of followers on Instagram. It's growing, as he said, pre-show to me, by 400% a month. So you want to go follow this guy. Go watch the movie, The Sound of Freedom. He's an executive producer of that movie, one of the first investors in the movie, and has a character spot in the movie, Don't Miss the Sound of Freedom. Paul, once again, thank you so much for being here on my show. It's an honor to talk to you and to know you. And thank you for all the good you're doing in the world. Thank you, Jason. It's an honor. Wow. What a story. That is another successful entrepreneur and his journey to success and how it's leading to the success of literally millions of other people and families across the globe because of his ability to invest time, energy, and money into alleviating human trafficking. So if you haven't seen The Sound of Freedom, you need to really go check out that movie. He is the executive producer of the movie. Um, he is, has a character spot in the movie. You, you hit Pablo, I think, was his character we talked about in the show. But uh, this guy was only able to do that because of the success he created in his company. So are you creating that type of success to create generational wealth? Are you scaling and building a company that lets you do that? Or are you just playing? You're just a job owner. 
maybe that's something you want to take a look at. And as I normally say at the end of my show, my book, Exit Without Exiting, which is an international best-selling book, tells you the secret of how to get yourself out of the weeds and create a very successful company. And that perhaps you can, like Paul, use your success and the finances you create to make a bigger impact in this world than just buying a new Ferrari, than just buying a new house, than just buying an island somewhere. Maybe it's buying the freedom for kids who need to be rescued. So thank you for tuning in today. It's been an honor to have Paul on the show. Remember to go check out liberating-humanity.com, liberating-humanity.com, and follow Paul on Instagram at liberating.humanity. Send him a DM, say thanks for being on the show. Let him know that you heard him here. And thank you for subscribing, for, for leaving a review. This would be a good one to leave a review. I'll leave a five-star review, say, I love this show. That helps me get further up in the rankings so more people can hear the show so I can make a bigger impact in this world. But thank you again for being here. It's an honor. It's an honor to have you listen to the show. And I'll leave you with a quote that Paul said in the middle of the show. The good Samaritan wasn't broke. So don't go be broke. Go make the money so that you can help as many people as you possibly can. I am the real Jason Duncan. And until next time, Jesus is King. Attention business owners. Attention business owners. Feeling burnout from running your business? Uncertain if you're nearing burnout? Take our free 10-question business burnout test at businessburnouttest.com to discover where you stand. With just 10 quick questions, you'll learn how to immediately begin making changes to regain freedom and success. Cut your daily operations time in half. Improve your quality of life and prepare your business for your future exit without losing revenue or profit. Visit businessburnouttest.com now and take the test. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.